You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Great Pets is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This is the Great Pets Radio Show with professional dog trainer Brian Kilcommons and Dr. Jim McKiernan of the Great Bay Animal Hospital. The Great Pets Radio Show. Now, here's Brian and Dr. Jim. And welcome to Great Pets on this chilly Sunday. I'm with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan from the Great Bay Animal Hospital, and we're live. So give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. Dr. Jim has a burn on today. Yeah. Yes, I do. Hey, let's see if we can get some calls today. This is a windy day. People probably listening to the show. Yeah, walking their dogs is a little bit chilly. It is cold today. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's seasonable now. I mean, for the past week. It's funny up here. You know, people who live up here, and I grew up up here, obviously, um, like cold weather they so some people i talked to were thinking i just when it gets that hot early may end of april early may they think okay so is it going to be a really bad summer bad being really hot and i gotta tell you i kind of enjoyed those sunny days (laughs) (laughs) didn't we all yeah a few more would be nice so hey have you heard about you know with the oil spill I just I just read about that this morning on the way in they're asking for people whether it's horse hair or um dog or cat hair that it's clean, but that they send it to an organization um, that is collecting hair because they're using it for the oil spill. Well, they make mats out of it, and they, the oil attaches to it. They can wash it and then put it out again. Oh, that's a whole lot of hair you're talking about then. Right, you know. But you know what? Between tick season, basic relationship with your dog. Right. You're right, and so they don't smell or get hair all over the house. It's a perfect time. It's kind of the trifecta of grooming your dog, <laughs> <laughs> and just keep the hair. And a lot of humane societies, uh, you know, with the grooming that they're doing, and groomers are sending it out. So it's a good thing to do. What a mess it is down there. Just feel bad for those everything. You know, it's just terrible, and it's getting worse. Just on the news, you heard on the way in a TSN about how the the oil it's toxic to the eyes. You know, and the, the fishermen are just, uh, they're, did you hear that on the way? I mean, it's just, it's really, it's one after the next, you know. It's bad. Yeah. And as far as, did they put that cover over it yet? Or are they in yeah, the process? Yeah, they're working so. on that right as we speak. Some kind of big, huge uh, balloon, you know, what do you call it? Like a dome that's going to go right on the top. Right, where the oil is forced up, and then they'll put it yeah. in the tankers. But so, you know, it's, it's nice to be in New England. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're thinking, we're rethinking offshore drilling unless we can get some safety protocols in place. Our number this morning is one eight 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 four four one nine eight seven six. If you have questions about the health and behavior of your pet, give us a call this morning. Hey, we had a uh, parvovirus case this week. First one, God, I haven't seen that in a long time. I hope to not see it for a long time as well. Puppy, dog? Puppy, yeah. So where, it's from the, where? You know, and, and we're going to get into a little bit today, Brian, about vaccines and, you know, why we vaccinate for dogs. And there's a reason for it because, you know, that's why we haven't seen a lot of it. But, boy, it can do a number on a puppy. And there's nothing worse than seeing this little puppy. It's like going to Children's Hospital in Boston, you know, where you just see these kids who are just debilitated and just downbeaten. So you see these puppies, they just can't even pick their heads up. But uh, it is treatable if you catch it. And, you know, it, uh, so we got a good shot at this one. Very contagious, though. 
I mean, right. they, I mean, so contagious. Do, do you think people are inoculating less? I think people are questioning. Well, in the past, people. Well, in the good, it's a good question. I mean, in the past, we I thought it's a profession, and we've inoculated maybe too much. We were going every year, and then now we are going less. We're going every three years, but there's still that, you know, facet of the pet ownership people who say, you know, I don't want to vaccinate, or I why I don't want to do that. To my, I don't want to hurt my dog. But, I, but again, when we go back to something like distemper, which there is a case, there's a breakout of distemper in uh, Kennebunk. I think it's Kennebunk, Maine, right in that area. Right. And I'm telling you, the reason why we're not seeing these diseases, which can be not only debilitating but cause death, is that we're vaccinating. So, you know, it's a good thing. But anyways, our first parvo case. But parvovirus is a virus that attaches to the puppy's intestines. And there's no treatment. I mean, you know, they, right. basically, they may survive it, but most don't. Yeah, and, you know, at Tufts, when we would go in, we had booties, gloves, masks, gowns. It was that much. Serious. Of, yeah, it was that serious. You had to gown in. And they, they actually had, I mean, I don't know how, what it is like now, but they actually had the puppies uh, or the dogs on a uh, TV camera. So that was a way to make sure was the fluids line still running? Was, you know, is the dog still doing okay? But it's that contagious. Are you think, do you think that people are inoculating less at this point? Or if you're really on a tight budget... What are the inoculations that you just can't miss besides distemper oh or rabies? It, I don't think it's ever been a, a, a financial issue on it. No? No. Not, no, I just don't. Huh. So well, We're seeing a lot of dogs coming up from the south. We're seeing a lot of dogs coming from the Midwest sometimes. And are they holding them long enough from the south so things pop up? Uh, or are they just getting them up here? I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. But we're going to hope we're going to beat this one. There's a new way of doing it where we give them uh, plasma transfusion. Plasma is part of a blood component that has all of your you know immune cells. And uh, three days in a row, the emergency clinic, Dr. Garrett, is uh, is doing it. And uh, at, on day two, this pops up. It's eating. It's doing well. So it's a great place. I know we she she comes on our show on occasion. But boy, when it, when the tough gets going, that place really knows what they're doing. So yeah. anyway, this is Great Pets Radio with Brian, and Dr. Jim. Our number is one 888 And we'll be back after this break. Hey, boy, how you doing? <coughs> what am I doing? <coughs> I'm creating your own life book. It's a website that's just for you. Remember that picture I took of you pulling off Lisa's bathing suit? <coughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. I'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page. We'll see what comments we get. And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. <coughs> no, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. <coughs> no, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! <coughs> create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com Aquariums and pondkeeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. 
In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Great Pets. I'm Brian Cole-Commons with my co-host, Dr. Jim McKiernan. Uh, v- VPI came out with uh, leading a list of uh, usually the top ten reasons people go to vets, cats, and dogs. So... Oh, I think I can weigh in on this one, Brian. Okay. We'll see how good you are. Or you, <laughs> you have the list there. Yeah, you've got the list. All right. Ear infections. Oh, God, yeah. That, that's up there. What's one of the major signs? Um, I don't think people realize when their dogs are shaking their heads or constantly itching at their ears. Yes. Thank you. You just nailed it. Yeah. Yep. They shake their head quite. And you know what, Brian? We see three or four a day. So shaking of the head, scratching at the ears. Sometimes they'll get a head tilt to one side. A lot of times they're flat out uncomfortable, even to the point where they don't want to eat. Yeah, and also if you go to pet them, it's really sore. It can be. And stinky. But you got to look in your dog's ears and your cat's ears to check them every once in a while. It comes back to the grooming thing. <laughs> well, you're right, you know, but let me just take a second and talk about the ear canal. Our ear canal is kind of a straight shot, you know, and when, when uh, our physician looks in our ears, it's the, the scope, the cone goes straight ahead. With the dog, the ear canal, we have, two, we have two canals, a vertical and a horizontal canal. So for us to really get a look at that eardrum, which is how you diagnose a lot of the stuff, you really have to kind of think about like the letter, um, it's like a backwards L. So you really have to kind of go down and slide it in. And oftentimes, Brian, it's very uncomfortable for the dog for us to be doing this, especially if there's an ear infection. So the, the real, and, and a lot of times, what you'll see on the vertical canal is not... Well, I shouldn't say not representative, but you'll have a lot. That will look pretty clear. Like, oh, not a whole lot going on. But down in the horizontal canal, it can be full of stuff. Right. Yeast, as you said. What do you tell people to use to clean it? Well, yeah, you're coming up with lots of good ones today. I tell you, the thing that I like, I like a Q-tip. You know, at, at Tufts, they used to say, never stick anything smaller than your elbow in a dog or cat's ear. Mm-hmm. Because we have had cases, and I've seen them, of people perforating the the tympanic membrane, the eardrum. And that's a, that's a bad thing. Right. Treatable, but bad. But you know what? If you're careful, you can do it. Because again, the, air, the vertical canal goes down and it literally comes to a dead end. <laughs> so you can go, if you go plumb line, perpendicular to the floor, you know, and then pull it out, you'll take a look. So I, I have no problem really showing people how I do it and letting them know, just don't turn the corner and go inward. Right, and also if you do use an ear cleaner, um, to massage that, to break some of that stuff up and yes. help bring it up the ear? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. And a lot of times, you'll pull out, let's, let's say, for the majority of the time, it is brown, which is yeast. Now, sometimes you can get brown, which is uh, ear mites. And a lot of people think, my dog has ear mites. And th- that's very uncommon. Cats get it, but dogs, it's uncommon. All right. Can diet affect this? Yes. Yeah, diet can bring on yeast infections. The number one reason is an allergy. And a lot of times it might be one ear. 
but boy, oh boy, it smells like bread baking. It's a, it's a nasty infection. Mm-hmm. So it's a really easy diagnosis to make, but you just got to uh, you got to tackle it, or it turns into a secondary bacterial infection. That's when the pain comes on. And I had that on Thursday, where you touch this dog's ear and he just said, "Ouch, it hurts." You could hear the swishing inside of it too. Well, is it possible to clean it, or do you have to anesthetize the dog so you can actually get in there and most time, an agony? M- most times we can clean it. So, But okay, there are those occasional dogs where it's just flat out, it's better to sedate them because it's why put them through the pain. Right. And this was a perfect segue, skin allergies. Again. They, they seem to erupt in summer. They do. Well, yeah, I know. I know it. What's that? Is that on the list, too? Is that number one? Number That's s- number two. Number two? Yeah, that is probably the... We see that all the time. Um, but, you know, we talk about allergies with dogs, and, uh, you know, we, we've mentioned this in the past. It's ear infections, it's licking their feet, biting the legs, rubbing their face against the wall, scratching, and then you get skin infections on their belly. See, allergies tend to be not so much on the top of the dog. Mm-hmm. It's more of the armpit, inguinal, axillary area, and then along the belly. And they will scratch it like crazy. And it's a staph infection. Yeah, and that red tinge that some dogs get in mm. between their toes. Yeah. Is that skin irritation or allergy or both? Both. It's allergy. That caught that they'll start working it and working it. it, it you almost, you, they get histamine released. You know what? Here's a, good, here's a good way to describe it. You and I, when we get allergies, uh, breathe it in. So our eyes get so itchy, we just want to rub, rub, rub. I don't know if you have allergies. No. I do. And it's just, you rub them so bad, it's like, oh, gosh. Dogs, it's actually what's called a percutaneous transmission. So it, it penetrates the skin. And, and, it, and the skin just has histamine that's released, and they just gnaw it and bite it, and they'll go between their toes and lick it. So, and the more they lick it, the more irritated it gets, and it just gets in a whole cycle. Gets, you got it. That, that whole scratch-itch cycle. And, and uh, boy, that's, you talk about a common thing we see every day. It is that. Hot spots. Hot spots? Is that on the list? Yeah, it is. Well, I'm not sp- making this up. <laughs> and I'm not looking at the list. Yeah, we see hot spots quite a bit. Golden retrievers get them a lot. Quite frankly, a lot of people have different opinions why they form. We'll leave it at that. We don't know why. A hot spot is not an infection. It's just a bag, big, massive, inflammatory response of the skin. A lot of times you'll see it on the back. A lot of times you'll see it around the neck area. And when you, when you clip the fur off you'll see just this massive red inflamed area. You know, early on, a hot spot, you can actually treat with a lot of, you know, like baby products. And I, I, I caution people not to do that, but we just want to dry it out. You just want to, there's an adage in dermatology that says if it's wet, dry it, dry it, wet it to treat. So it's just, but a lot of times these hot spots get secondary bacterial infections, then they hurt, then they stink. And then so we got to clip it, clean it, put them on the meds, but... Yeah. Goldens, are they, are they popular for that or what? Oh, yeah. I just had a friend with one. Um, and again, you know, circling back, grooming is going to help you catch stuff early. Mm-hmm. So if it's the beginning of a hot spot, it's a lot easier to treat versus a, a week or two weeks pass and they have this open, gaping little sore running. Yeah, it's it's not so much of a gaping sore. It's, I think it's the dogs get itchy. This is my, you know, this is, it's kind of like why do dogs eat grass? We all have different thoughts on that. But I think that it gets itchy back there again, because of an allergy, or because it's, it gets hot and sticky, and the dogs just start working it. And it's amazing, Brian, how in such a short period of time, n- less than a day, they can turn what would appear to be normal skin into just this, like, nasty, big, red, ugly, beet red thing that just needs, you know, aired out, dried out medicine. Arthritis or diarrhea? 
Which one? Well, they have two. Oh, you know what though? That's a that's a good. Let me let me pull pull back for a second because the thing that you said, what can people do about ear infections? Yeah, they can check them. Number one, believe it or not, I smell the dog's ear a lot. Oh yeah, so do I. Yeah, I mean, and you can actually smell if there's a change going on. Head shaking is one, but there are a lot of uh, topical ear cleansers that we can that people can use. Should you use them? And, and a lot of times people think, oh, it's because my dog's a swimmer. That's what got started this mess. No, 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 no. It's not. It's your dog has allergies typically to something. So if people want to learn how to clean their dog's ears, when they go to the vet, they should really, you know, have the vet show them. Right on. All right, instead of guessing. Right. That would be a better way of doing it. Yeah, and, you know, I've had people use, like, vinegar and water to try to dry it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can't have a ratio of them. But honestly, buying the, the, the ear cleaners that we have, that we sell, A, not expensive, and B, designed to kill yeast. So that's what you really want. Dry it out, but kill the yeast. Okay. Yeah, but good. that's a good point. And diarrhea. Yeah, that's boy, that's huge right now. I mean, we're seeing... Really? I'm glad I'm missing it. No, we're seeing more cases of diarrhea. You know, we talk about Giardia. With, you know, Giardia, parasites. Well, the list of diarrhea is it's just enormous right now. Compost. Compost. Yeah, dogs ending into compost. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. That we, trigger it. We talked about that last week. Right. That caused seizures in one dog. Be careful of the compost. That and fatty foods. Yeah. You yep. Know, so if the dog gets into something nasty or some leftovers, not only can get they get diarrhea, but they also pancreatitis? That, yes, they can. You know, Brian, it's, and it depends on the dog. I mean, you, you and I know there are some dogs who have the constitution, steel gut. Whatever. You can give them anything. Right. Anything at the food table. The Yule Gibbons of dogdom. <laughs> and they're fine. And then you get these little Yorkies or these small, or, or whatever breed it is, that just sets them off. So I think it is, is the dog used to it if, if they've never gotten it before? Like, I don't know how you feel about marrow bones. Like, people go to the butcher and that... I, li- I give them to my dogs. I like them. Okay, but your dogs are good with them. But we, we do see a fair amount of dogs... Who the fat from the marrow of the bone gets them very ill. Okay, and with small dogs, it's a little bit riskier, isn't it? it well, it is. Again, it's it's it, they are the ones who most commonly come in with that pancreatitis. You're with Great Pets Live, we'll be back. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough. For all of us on the go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash great pets for your free audiobook. Hello! 
I'm Deborah Wolf, and I'm inviting you to my animal party on Pet Life Radio. My pet experts will be coming to the party to answer your pet questions, and they'll also be sharing their favorite stories and messages with us, but I'll be asking them some tough questions. We'll get their opinions on the hot-button topics like the pit bull ban, pet food, vaccines, religion, politics, and animals, cat decline, and the latest news, whatever's turning the animal world on its head, we'll be talking about at the animal party. This party's got bite. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back. You're with Great Pets. Give us a call at 1-888-441-9876. And we're talking about health and pets. And, uh, okay, bladder infection. Bladder infections, yep. We see those, boy. Males or females? Oh, you're just pulling thoughts out of my head right now. I think we've been together too long. On yeah, this we have stuff. Been. Uh, More females than males. No question. Yeah. On no. a behavioral level, a lot of times if a dog's been housebroken and it starts urinating in the house, people don't think that it could be a medical condition. They assume that the dog is just being difficult. You bet. Just this week, Brian, um, we had a dog who was, it appeared to be a urinary tract infection, a male, a Weimaraner, put him on antibiotics for two weeks, came back classically six, five, six days later, and uh, guess what? Was acting like a UTI again. So urinary tract infection. So sure enough, it was a male dog that got a urinary tract infection. So just because, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, by 98% of the time it's females, but it, it can be a male as well. And those dogs are going to like, you know, they're, they're, they're going to strain to pee. They're going to, it's very multiple times, just kind of holding their leg up. It's very uncomfortable. Well, males go multiple times. With females, it's a lot easier because they'll spot. They'll urinate where instead of once, they'll do two, three, four yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. So we see it a lot. And it's, it is so common. And the question is why? Why do, you know, the bladder of a, of a should be a sterile place. There should be nothing going on in there in terms of bacteria. Just a collecting duct to get rid of it. Now, when you work your way down from the bladder through the urethra and out, then you have a lot of bacteria, but actually voiding urine gets rid of that bacteria. So the question is, the, the thought is, if you have a dog, and this was my case, I would go away and I had the critter come in. I come back, three days later, my dog had a UTI. It's not my critter fault. She came three, four times a day, but my dog was so used to relieving herself so much more that she was holding it. So I think the holding the urine let bacteria work its way up into the bladder. She's got an infection. Oh. So letting your dog out more often will help with that. Arthritis. Huge. Huge. Oh, one more thing on the bladder on the bladders. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> stones. We see a l- I've seen a lot a lot of stones that are forming in dogs' bladders. In dogs. Yeah. So whenever we get a recurring urinary tract infection like we treat it it comes back we'll culture it they'll tell us what bacteria it is if we keep seeing it there could be stones in there and how, <clears throat> what do they form is that diet or a genetic predisposition what yeah a b keep going okay all of the above i mean a lot of the times um we've gotten really good with cat diets if you'll see cats you'll see a low ash diet and low ash means low magnesium. Why? Magnesium was contributing to high levels of phosphorus, and we got these triple phosphate stones. We've, so now we're seeing cats, a lot of the calcium stones. 
So um, with dogs, sometimes they can get an infection, raises the pH of the urine, guess what forms? Stones. So you talk about being uncomfortable. Sometimes we can dissolve them. There's one diet, one type of stone we can actually dissolve with a diet. Isn't that nice? But isn't there a vibration technique out to break up stones, or is that just human medicine? That's, well, that is human medicine. We, it's not commonly used in veterinary medicine, but, you know, somebody said we're 10 years behind our, our human counterparts. But, uh, yeah, called lithotripsy. We actually sit in a bathtub, and they send these sonic waves that... that um, break up the stones, break and they up, can pass them. And very painful to people, too. Yeah, Regis had it. Regis and who? Regis and... Uh, How do you know that? Because he talked about it on the show. Oh, I thought, I'm, I'm reading his emails. I thought he talked to you about it. No. Well, it's like the time we were out to dinner. We were talking about uh, Betty White. Yeah. And you said, I'll call her right now. And you had a cell phone number. I'm like, what, are you talking to Regis too? <laughs> but yes, um, uh, we do see a lot of stones. So, But but we frequent urinary tract infections. Do dogs show any signs of straining? I know cats will start missing their litter box with stones and having housebreaking mistakes. What are some of the signs in dogs? Uh, you, people will notice accidents in the house, and they'll say, oh, that's funny. There's urine on the floor. That's, you know, bing, bing, bing. The second would be you let them outside, and they're just sitting there, like for a minute. It normally takes them 20 sec 10 seconds to pee. They're there for about 60. So it's a pretty easy thing to pick up, and all you got to do is try to collect that morning urine sample. If you can, it helps us a lot. All right. Arth arthritis. Yes. Boy, is that common in dogs, huh? Oh, real and people. Yeah. So. Especially the large breeds. But it can come early. You know, Brian, when we spay a dog, uh, especially any dog over 50 pounds, we take x-rays right then and there of the hips. Because we want to know from the beginning. Right, but it can be hips, it can be shoulder, I mean, it can be elbow. Elbows, yeah. yeah. You so. know about that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> why, why it's getting really ouchy. When does it warrant, like, a Rimadil or medication? Um, well, I mean... Uh, Rimadil is a non-steroidal anti-inflammatory aspirin type drug that we use in dogs. So the question is, when do you do it? You know, if they're young enough, sometimes it can be a surgical correction. The hips, the elbows, right. and then we would do that. Uh, if A lot of times if we see a little bit of arthritis early on, we'll say, you know, we always start glucosamine. That's a great thing. And you want to start them on that. Well, now you have all these foods saying that they have glucosamine in it. Yep. Do you need to read the bags to see how much? Because, you know, they could put like 1.1% in there. Yeah, well, that have an impact? It doesn't have an impact. There's no therapeutic value to glucosamine put in food at all. So I think people have gotten the message on that one. It was just a marketing ploy. You know, people think, oh, I don't have to spend my $30 a month on glucosamine tabs. I can just buy the food. It already has it. I'm good to go. But it's... It's, it's such trace a, elements, it's, basically. It's tiniest amount. It just doesn't make any sense. Okay. You know, the whole thing on glucosamine started with actual uh, fresh shark cartilage on the beaches of Cuba. <laughs> you know? I mean, so that, that tells you. So we've gone from that to, oh, let's take a dry part of it a little bit and put it in the dog's kibble and see if it makes a difference. Okay. So it, it does. And I just read today, Brian, um, this morning. You know, I say, why am I reading all this? Uh, but I, I like it. They're, they're now saying that there is an ant there is a the glucosamine we know it's an anti-inflammatory to some degree we're not sure exactly why it works but we know that it does take away pain as well yeah and people need to start reading labels more uh, and what i mean by that procter and gamble just bought uh evo which is a really high-end mainly meat food 
And what happens many times, I'm not saying all the time, but many times, they change the formula because it's cheaper. And what used to be all meat is now meat and grain. So just a heads up, you know, as far as knowing how to read those food bags on what you feed. Oh, how do you know how to read them? I mean, right? Well, what, what should people do? First product. Right. You know, does it say meat or meat byproduct? Right. You know, that type of stuff. And, you know, Evo is a really good food. It's kind of expensive, but you get what you pay for. But a lot of times when there's a changeover in ownership, sometimes they look to use the brand without people realizing that some of the formulas are changing. Now, will you see difference in your dog? Will you see looser stools? Will you see an unkept haircoat? Uh, probably not. No, but on the other hand, you, you need to know what you're paying for. Yep. You know, and Evo has the brand, as far as there are a lot of very committed dog owners or cat owners that feed Evo. Um, make sure that you take a look at that label, and next time you go and buy it, okay, make sure that this is going to be maintained. You know, the only standards, Brian, for people to follow are called the AFCO standards. And so that it, so is it safe to say that's pretty loose? You know, that for people... Oh, yeah. I mean, they have to follow AFCO standards in order to get their food on the uh, to be sold in America. It's not that difficult to do that. No. So you could have a lot of stuff in there that you and I would look at it and go, oof, but it passes AFCO standards. Yeah. And so, so there's a lot of people who have very strong opinions on food. Some of the breeders that you have met and I've met, wow. Are, yeah. You know? And especially on the raw diets. But if you are going to buy, you're dr buying dry food, know how to read the label. Know what you're buying and what you're putting into your dog. And it's really, it's not inexpensive. No. But you know what? It, that doesn't matter to some people. Right. But, you know, you're going to pay for it with a, a poor diet with maybe medical complications later. Or and, and we've had Dr. Remillard, who's a nutritionist from Angel, on our show before. And right. she did not, she, she is one that does not have really strong feelings f on pet foods. I mean, I, I hate to speak for her, but she really didn't come out and say, this food's better than that one, and you've got to watch for this. She kind of espouses the, you know, if it's AFCO approved, then, you know, and your dog does well on it, you, you're, you know, you're good to go. So Okay. Soft tissue trauma. See it all the time. Every day. Every day. May you know what, you we know what's have funny? Some examples? Yeah. You know what's funny, Brian? The getting back to the one before that, which was diarrhea, and the soft tissue, we we lump those together and we call that Monday morning disease. Or as my dad used to call it, the weekend warrior syndrome. Where you overexercised and you overindulged, and that's what happens. You, you people right. call up and they say, "My dog's limping." It's Monday morning, and we say, "What did your dog do yesterday?" Well, he was playing with the neighbor's dog, and they had a great afternoon together. That's what happens. So soft tissue means non-bone. Non right. You know, you can have a sprain. You can pull a muscle. Right. They sit around the house all week, and then you take them on a five-mile hike. Okay. Yes. That could be a little bit yes. problematic. And, 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 you know, the beauty of dogs is that they don't know moderation. You can't sit down to a German Shepherd and say, listen, you're going to have to start slow. I want you to stretch out before you go. You know, keep your heart rate from 50 to 70 beats and then go slow at the end and walk the last mile. Dogs don't know that. A lot of times we have problems with soft tissue injuries because all it takes is that one episode getting off the leash and you're back to square one. So we're fighting this muscle pull or a disc or something that's hurty, and we're getting there with some rest and pain meds, and then all of a sudden, wham, that one episode, we're back. So it's important to just calm it down. Okay, non-cancerous tumor. Which, hold on, one more, which means daycare. That's the, so many people have re, are now relying on daycare for their dogs because, you know, it's part of their work schedule. Right. 
So they always say, well, can you go to daycare this week? Well, what do you think daycare wants to do? Just put a dog in a crate for the... Well, this is where you have experienced people when the dogs are really getting ramped up and talking. They know to interrupt the behavior. Exactly. Yeah. But but I'm, I'm not so sure you see that everywhere. <laughs> no, that's why, you know, Canine Chaos is a good place because they actually know what they're doing. They can look at this stuff going, you know what? The eight-month-old Grain puppy shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you know? This is uh, Dr. Jim with Brian. This is Great Pets Radio, 888-441-9876. We'll be back. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Back. Welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan, and, and happy Mother's Day to all those moms out there. It's a, a day that is well-deserved. It's a day that probably should be perhaps more than just once a year, but uh, make it special for the moms because uh, they put in, for the most part, a lot of work, and they deserve a little credit on today. And why do Fido and Fluffy visit the vet? We're going over the 10 top reasons. We're just about finished with dogs. Uh, non-cancerous tumor. Tumor. <laughs> it's not a tumor, <laughs> um, Brian. That's a good, another good one. It's old. You know, we you've heard the adage: old dogs get lumps and bumps. Right. And there is something to be said about that because we will we will find, you know, sebaceous adenomas or skin bumps that are not, you know, life threatening, kind of cystic like lesions and fatty lesions. Yes, lipomas every day. Okay. But um, you can't. Don't let your guard down. I warn everybody, especially owners, get them checked. Get them checked anyway. And this is where grooming comes in because you can get them early. You got it. So Not only grooming, but being a good pet owner. Because all the people come in and they'll say, look at this lump I found. And I'm like, how did you find that? I mean, it was way tucked way under the arm, down near the elbow, getting to the side. And sure enough, it was a mast cell tumor. Right. TV commercial. You know, put your dog on the floor, your cat on the floor, and just run your hands over. Yeah, yeah. So I, I it doesn't always, take long. I tell people, good job, good job picking that up. But you know what? 
we're going to get to cats, I think, after this. Yeah. But, but um, I don't like any lumps in cats. So if you feel a lump in a cat, that's definitely coming out for All me. Right. Let's stay on the script, okay? Yeah, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eye infections. Uh, allergies a lot of the times. How many dogs come in with injuries from the car, hanging their head out the windows? Not many. Really? Not many. I just saw a dog in the way in this morning with his, half his body out there. Hey, isn't it against the law now to have your dog in the back of the pickup truck? You can't do that anymore. Unless it's secured. Okay. It has to be on a harness or something that can yeah. prevent them from jumping out. I, I'm amazed. We're, we're, in fact, we were in Dover. I was with Sarah, and we're driving along, and I'm looking at this woman. She has this Pomeranian that is literally standing on the door. She stopped at a light, and I'm going, okay, how does this work? You know? It takes once, and it's done. Yeah, And I people know. never think it's going to happen. But if that one time happens, you can be heartbroken. You got it. You know, I remember as a kid, many years ago, I had my hand out the window, and a pebble got kicked up from a car in front of me and caught me. And I'm telling you, that hurt. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what we're worried about with the eyes. Yeah. Either that or bugs. Yeah. So I don't, uh, we don't see a whole lot of it. Um, you know, I don't know what to say about that. But we do see a lot of the eye infections we'll see are one-sided. Again, it's a conjunctivitis because a lot of times, again, it's allergies. So, yeah. Lower urinary tract disease. In? Cats. Huge. Uh, we see it all the time. There was just a Michigan State uh, vet school is now doing some research for a diet to try to help with that. It is so common in, in cats. You know, we call it idiopathic cystitis. Idiopathic is a term that means... Uh, we don't know why it's happening, and cystitis is inflammation of the bladder. But idiopathic also means we're pathetic idiots because no one can figure it out. So you get these cats who get these big inflamed bladders acting like an infection, but it's not. It runs its course eventually, but it can come back. We don't know what causes it. So it's it, it, every day we see it. And it's funny, Brian, there's probably four or five different treatments for it. Really? And when you see four or five different treatments for something, it usually tells you none of them's doing a really good job. <laughs> but diet does help. You know, we just try to put Band-Aids on it to try to get through it. I think, I think it's a virus, and I think it's stress-related. Because I had another cat that flew from Seattle to here, and when it got here, uh, I just think the stress, it can bring it out. So it has it, you know, high levels of cortisol with stress. And infections can start taking off. Okay. Does that include stones, or that's different? That's different. This is just really just an inflamed bladder. Okay. Very painful for the cats, too. I mean, they just sit there like, ouch, you know? Yeah, gastritis or vomiting. vomiting. We, had, we had a cat that used to eat and then go up on the top of the refrigerator and toss. <laughs> down below? What? No, on the refrigerator door, of course. So it would slide down. It was absolutely gross. I put a pan of water on top of the refrigerator to stop that targeting. But... Uh, but why do cats throw up? Um, yeah, well, everybody thinks it's a hairball, right? So why not hairballs? <laughs> okay. But is it? No. I mean, the, again, the list is long as my arm. If you're seeing the hairballs, which look like little pieces of sausages, the, which is the inside lining of the you know what the intestine would look like, comes up like a hair sausage, mm -hmm. there's your hairball. But a lot of times it can be a foreign body. It can be gastritis. It can be pancreatitis. It can be, you know, uh, it can be cancer. It can be inflammatory bowel disease. Again, you know, it goes long on that. Thyroid is very common. Hyperthyroidism is common for vomiting cats. Really? Yes. Hmm. And that is very common in Hyper cats. Hyper or hypo? Hyper meaning too much. Okay. So any cat over seven, we're checking them. 
you can actually feel it. You'll feel the thyroid. You shouldn't be able to feel it in a cat, but you, if you run your fingers down the trachea, you'll actually feel one side might go blip, like you'll feel this half of a grape that you shouldn't feel just pop out, hmm. and that's the thyroid. All right. Chronic renal failure. That's the nemesis of cats. That's, that's it. Why, why do they get it? Again, I have feelings on it after 16 years of playing with this, but it's just... What do you think? Well, you know, I tell people it's almost an anomaly to get a cat who is 14, 15 that comes in and they have normal kidney numbers. It's like, wow, this is great. But for the majority of them, they don't. A like, lot, like Ben? Like Ben. So, you know... Ben's our cat, by the way. Yeah, and if you were to do an ultrasound of a cat's kidney, a healthy cat, it looks like the cross-section of a tomato. Nice you know demarcation of inside outside you know grooves you can just looks like a healthy kidney you take these older cats you do an ultrasound it looks just like a, a like a peel it's all just kind of meshed together you know like a orange peel look so i don't know why it happens i think that i think it's bacteria that sets up in the kidney and over time, it just turns in, it gets smaller and harder and turns into scar tissue and they go into kidney failure. How do they, now, a couple things you can do, Brian, is get a blood screen done every year when you go to your vet. It's a great thing to do for all your pets. You'll pick up kidney disease early and if you pick it up early, guess what? You can treat it better. When we get these 18-year-old cats that have had it for years, antibiotics aren't really going to help that much. Because the, 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 the kidneys are small, they're fibrous, you know, they're just they're in trouble at that point. Okay. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, and with Ben, we did a diet change, to, and it seemed to have a huge improvement where he was skinny and not thriving. He's come right back. It's, and it's all about one thing in a cat. It's appetite. So if you can get them to eat these kidney foods, the kidney is just a low-protein food, but it keeps them eating. The longer they eat, the longer they're with us, the happier they are. We put them on uh, frozen rabbit. And for whatever reason, that really, he likes it, he eats it, which is a big thing. But he's done really well with it. In in this case, ben, you know, our cat doesn't yeah. mean it works for every cat. It, true. And you know what, Brian? There gets to a point with even dogs where they people will feed them perhaps what medically they shouldn't. Because, you know, we want to give cats with kidney disease low protein. But the cat's got to eat. So... Well, if you if you just can't force them to eat some you know some of these canned diets right. if they don't want it, so you get you know it's like brushing their teeth. You know, you start brushing the cat's teeth and they're gone. You come home, where's the cat? He's under the bed. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> want anything to do with you. You're even thinking about the toothbrush and I'm gone. <laughs> All right. And the next big one when we get back is diabetes. Diabetes, yeah, we'll especially that. with the obesity epidemic in pets. So, give us a call, 1-888-441-9876. You're with Great Pets Live. Hi, and welcome to The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Colleen Safford. Each week, we'll focus on different topics, child pet safety, child pet training, just how to make an appropriate pet selection for your family. All of these things will be covered in each one of our episodes. So, we hope that you will join us at The Family Pet on Pet Life Radio. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back to Great Pets Radio. This is Dr. Jim with Brian Kilcommons, and we are live. 
Our number is 888-441-9876. And we are talking health and behavior with pets. And the end of every show, we like to talk about uh, one of our favorite places, which needs help and we'd love to help, which is Cachico Valley Humane Society. And we like to get a dog or a cat adopted, for that matter. And on the line with us now is Karen Fogarty, who, uh, who helps manage, run, and I guess you do everything over there, Karen. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Top of the morning to you. Hey, Karen. Morning. Hello. What do you got today for us? Um, I have a little, what I call a hut ticket. She's a little beagle Boston Terrier mix, a year and a half. Ooh. Um, and she's just cute as a button and happy, wiggly, great dog. Oh, boy. It mm-hmm. sounds like a winner. What type, yeah. of, what f- type of family are you looking for with her? She really, I think she'd actually adapt to just about any energy level. She's, you know, she's active when she wants to be, and she's quiet when she wants to be. She's, she's just got a really nice personality. And um, she's a year and a half. And that, you know, that can be good for some people, right? Because some people don't want to go through puppyhood. Yeah. It can be work. No, people forget puppyhood. Yeah. They really forget what it's like. It, it, it does it, seem glossy at the time. It, it, <laughs> it seems very cute and glossy. In fact, there was an article in the New York Times, a woman's dog just hit a year old. She met another woman who had a puppy, and she was like, oh, I've been through that. Right. <laughs> so the older dogs, you know what size they are. Um, most of your expenses with puppies, you have to have certain inoculations and treatment. This is already done. So what do they get if they adopt this dog as far as the package? They are up to date on all their vaccination, including rabies. They have a microchip, which is um, registered for them at the time of adoption. They're already spayed and neutered, and they get a great dog. And they get a free complimentary uh, grooming at Canine Chaos. Yes. So if, if you... What's this dog's name, Karen? Maureen. Maureen. Oh, mm-hmm. please. <laughs> I know. First thing to do is change your name. Right. <laughs> or Maureen O'Hara. Hey, look, right. can you, Brian? What? Change names and dogs. Oh, yeah. It's not difficult? No, just call them now. They'll understand it. Well, most dogs change okay. names now. <laughs> How do you do that, though? You just start linking it, usually with treats. And as far as changing the name, you know, let's say we want to call her Blackie. You know, Blackie, she looks at you, retreat. Blackie. Mm-hmm. Okay. And just start building on that. Definitely. All right. Well, Karen, uh, her name is Maureen. Maureen. You're Karen Fogarty, and your hours today are what, uh, till We're 4? We're here till 4 o'clock today, yeah. Great. Let's get some people up there and, and tell me about cats. I've seen a lot of people adopt some beautiful cats from the Kachiko Valley yeah, Humane we Society. Have, uh, we have about 80 cats right now um, looking for homes, some anywhere from 6 months up to 10 years old. Um, all kinds of personalities, all kinds of hair links, colors, everything. So lots to choose from. And you have puppies too, don't you? Because people love puppies. Yeah, we have some uh, black lab mix puppies, some collie mix puppies, and um, some yellow labs too. All right. Well, listen, thanks for the call. No problem. Enjoy Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) And keep up the great work. Thank you so much. Take care, Karen. Bye. Maureen, sounds like a winner though. But she doesn't just cherry. She does cherry pick some of the nice ones. But for the most part, every dog she brings on does get adopted out. So we, I really feel good about that. Yeah, they do a great job, and they need some help there. So they do need some help, and you know, you can help out there. And I know we talk about it every week, and it's kind of a little project with Brian and I. But you know, you can help by being an adopter. You can uh, a foster pe- uh, person. You can help by just dropping off some food. I'm working with a foster now, and he's making such a huge life difference in this dog's life. Where before he was so unsocialized that he was almost un adoptable and now he's coming out of himself wagging his tail walking on a loose lead yeah, especially if you're retired you're living at home you just bring in a pet for a couple
couple of weeks, four weeks, and you just get them socialized and then get them back to where they can be adopted. A developing relationship. Yeah. And talking about relationship, we'll be back next week with Great Pets Live. Enjoy your Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, including pet owners. And uh, we'll be back next week. Have a great week. Take care, everybody. been listening to the great pets radio show join brian and dr jim next sunday for more informative pet talk let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com